All right, welcome everybody to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host, Sandy McKay, and here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create some high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And before we get rolling here with our awesome guests here, uh, I just want to remind everyone to go over to our website, teambuildingshow.ca. You can, be able, you can subscribe to the uh, show. Make sure you get our emails about upcoming shows and other events that we're doing. Uh, also, go like us on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening, iTunes. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Give us a review. Give us some feedback. I uh, would love to hear some uh, some comments, some questions. You know, What do you want on the show? What else can we work to bring you uh, in terms of guests and uh, topics? Um, anything you want to learn in terms of real estate, building a team, building your structure for your business. I uh, would love to bring more guests from across the country and uh, people that are doing a great job of it. So let me know your questions, comments, etc. We'd love to hear from our, uh, our listeners and uh, viewers. And we will do our best to get some more awesome guests for you. Uh, today on the show, we've got uh, the amazing Lorraine Jordan out of um, just north of Barrie, Ontario, and all over. I guess you're in Barrie too, and all over, all over, kind of uh, cottage country, kind of all over the place, right? So we'll get into a little bit about where you're located. But you've got a great business, uh, doing lots of uh, lots of big numbers, and one of, if not the top uh, team in all of Keller Williams. So. Great success so far, uh, Lorraine. And why don't you kind of start, maybe just give uh, everyone a bit of a, a background on where you're at with your business and how you came to be where you are today. Great. Thanks for having me. And hopefully we can share and help some people learn from, um, you know, some of the successes and also the struggles that we've had or I've had building a team over the years. So uh, basically got into real estate when I was 18. Thought it sounded like a, just a great opportunity, um, you know, flexible schedule, make a lot of money, help people. I mean, it just kind of covers all baskets. And I started building a team when I had my fourth child. So we had just built a new home and I was struggling to kind of do it all. Um, everybody that, you know, wanted to come over and see the new home. So the house had to be tidy. Um, kind of running around with four kids was a little bit crazy. And the MREA book wasn't out yet. So as far as um, team building, I mean, I think that's kind of the first one that launched. I mean, there's been several other, you know, bits and pieces over the years that um, have contributed to team building. But at the time, there was nothing. It was, I needed help. I, I didn't know what kind of help I needed. I, I just needed to kind of keep it all together. So I, um, I probably did one of the first mistakes I ever made, which was um, hiring somebody to help um, in that moment, kind of, we always joke, hire the, call the firefighters whenever the, the fire's already started, instead of being preventive. So the first person I hired uh, was a client of mine. And she was, um, she had just been laid off. So I felt that whole, you know, there's no risk here in hiring her. It's not like I'm scooping her from a great job. And, uh, you know, it was kind of less to lose by hiring her. Um, that hire didn't work out to grow. So if I had to do it over again, I would hire somebody that was going to grow and, you know, match the vision. But it's interesting the role that I created because I always get asked, you know, if uh, when do you hire your first assistant, you know, where do you start and that sort of thing. And what really worked well for me at the time, and it, it it's a helpful one that I've shared with a lot of, you know, um, parents with kids at home and, and trying to get balance in their life. And it seems to be coming up more this year with everything going on. Um, 
my assistant at the time would come to the office. We would work till about noon together and, you know, get everything done for the day. And then she would leave and she'd go to my house and she would do a couple loads of laundry. She'd get the house tidy. Uh, she'd do meal prep so that when I got home, you know, depending what the schedule was, I could get food going quickly. Um, you know, maybe making some healthier choices instead of grabbing a pizza on the way home because, you know, you stayed for one more appointment or did one more offer that day. And um, she would work till three and then she would come back to the office for a couple hours and catch up on what I left behind or 3.30, whatever the day was. So, you know, team building, that's where we're at. Right now we run a team. Um, we do about 400 transactions a year. Uh, I'm still active. I average about 100 transactions a year myself. Um, this year was going to be something where I was going to go in a little bit more leadership and training and just helping people build out their team and supporting the team, but kind of went back into sales because I, I do love it and did, uh, you know, my goal was to start May 1st and I did 50 transactions before September and now I'm doing investment properties again. So kind of having some fun with that. So very active. Yeah. And then how did you like, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. How did you build up the business even to get to the point of, of hiring team members and that? How did you go about getting business early on? I think just being on all the time. You know, I hired a couple agents um, a few years ago, and it's interesting because I hired two agents the same week. They started the same week. And uh, within six months, one was knocking it out of the other par out of the park, and the other guy sold one house, and he was out of the business and hated it. And I went on a journey to understand what the difference is, like, because they had the same training. It was the same time of year. What happened? And it ended up being mindset. You know, the one guy got in and his plan was to crush it. And the other guy got in and his comments were he wanted to try real estate. Um, when I got into real estate, I wasn't trying real estate. I got into real estate, you know, and succeed at it. My mindset in everything I do has always been, you know, to be the best at it that I possibly could. I mean, people joke about it with, you know, four kids. <laughs> like, why do you have four? Um, I don't know. I wanted to be a great mom and I wanted to have a large family. And, you know, I want to be great at having a family. So it's it's mindset so back then it was just being on all the time it didn't matter who I met who I talked to um I just thought real estate and so you're doing that right out of right out of high school almost right is that right you said 18 19. I was still in high school yeah still in high school so awesome I didn't know you could even get a license at that point but I guess you can I'm still one of the youngest yeah to ever join the board awesome and so yeah you were so this is this is all you know in terms of career-wise and uh and so and a lot of knowledge obviously over the years to to bring to the table here today and share so i appreciate you uh, uh being open with this but um going back then you you started out were you successful right away was that something that came right out of the gate or was there uh, any struggles in the beginning getting business or was that just something that was there from mindset and hard work um i guess it would depend what your definition is of success i mean i was making a decent income. I was probably, you know, if I think about it, doing, you know, 10 to 15 deals a year right off the bat. Uh, when I first got into real estate, we were a little bit of a boom. And then the year, you know, the market changed. And I think that really set me up to pivot and adapt. So anytime things are changing, it's like you, you can see where things are going and project, you know, oh, I see the market heading a little bit more this way, it's going to be become, you know, maybe a little bit more of a buyer's market or seller's market or, you know, whatever's happening, and you seek opportunities. So in the beginning, I would definitely say that, um, you know, I, I was doing fine, but it wasn't, you know, it probably, 
I would have hired my first assistant um, 2002. And from there on, that's when I started with one assistant. I was doing 100 transactions with the two of us back then. So yourself is the only one in production doing a lot. And, and you've basically been doing 100 plus yourself every year since. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. Last year, I, I, I stopped in September. My goal was, like I said, to kind of transfer a little bit of um, just wanting to share a little more of what I know and, you know, helping people not make the same mistakes as I did. Uh, and, you know, I still think I did 80, 70 some odd deals personally last year. So. So a lot of business, a lot of a lot of deals for most people. That's a that's a that's a lot of business. They're running around, uh, you know, like crazy. What what? How do you? Obviously, there's leverage through 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 team members and getting that going, which we'll get into a bit. But uh, how do you even on your own early on doing a hundred deals on your own? How do you manage that? How do, like with one assistant? That's a still a lot of a lot of legwork yourself, right? Yeah, I think it was um, honestly. There's it's probably. I'll laugh and say that's another one of the learning opportunities we're going to have on the show is that whole leverage piece. You know, uh, it's for me, it's the solution. You know, I and sometimes it's not even it's not even on purpose. I can't go anywhere. Like I've had people join my team as agents and they go, oh, I just hate real estate. And I'm going, what do you mean you hate real estate? And they said, well, like everywhere I go, I go to someone's house for a party. You know, you go to a restaurant, everybody wants to talk about real estate all the time. And I'm like, but that's just it. That's the gift of real estate, right? Okay. It's not like you're, you know, I joke about it. It's not like you're selling a widget and you got to try to tell people and educate them on what it is. I mean, what is a widget, right? It's, it's, it's a house. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to talk about real estate. They're either renting and they want to buy or, you know, they want to sell and they want to move up to their dream home. It's just an easy conversation. It's not something you're forcing on anybody. And uh, just for some perspective, whereabouts do you operate? I know, I, I know right, vaguely, but you do a wide area. So what's, uh, what sort of areas are you doing? Cause a hundred deals in uh, Vancouver or Toronto is probably a little different than uh, other areas, right? So whereabouts do you operate? So I'm in my base. So when I was doing my hundred deals on my own was Midland, Penetang and tiny township. Um, the population's like 25, 30,000 people in this area. So really it wasn't till I saw, um, I think it was Christian Cole that she did, um, you know, 500 transactions with a team in a smaller uh, area um, with a population of, I think, I don't know. I think it might have been a hundred thousand people. So I expanded into doing a little more Barrie, Aurelia, Wasaga Beach, Collingwood, and I did that by bringing in agents that were familiar with the areas, right? Because I mean, one of my biggest, I don't know, I guess concerns is that people come up here, they think they can sell a cottage or whatever, and they have no idea anything about the area. They're they're not they're not informed. I mean, I had one deal where I remember there was a listing that was overpriced and it finally got an offer on it and I called the agent the local agent and I said holy cow you got an offer on that property and she said like yep someone from the city came up and I'm like oh my god like that's just crazy and then the deal closed because I you know she told me who it was and I was floored and I didn't say anything because I actually knew that agent and when the deal closed I called the agent and I said hey I see you sold a property in my area and he said yeah you know I would have referred it to you but you know um like they were really close family friends. And I said, okay, but you should have reached out and talked to me. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, you sold that property for $1.2 million. And if you called me today to list it, I'd list it for 800. Wow. <laughs> He's like, what? And I'm like, dude, like you, 
you didn't know that market. You didn't know that area. You, yeah. So I think being local to the area was important, but yeah, that's the area that we're servicing. But the agents that I have have either lived, they either live in those areas or, you know, um, grew up in the area and maybe that's, you know, it's a 20 minute drive or something from where they live now. And so what does the, what does the team look like now today? Uh, I know you're, you have a lot of agents, a lot of admin staff and all that. What does it look like? We have 12 agents, including myself right now. Um, so different levels of um, production and what they're looking for. I mean, some people are about, you know, kind of a balanced life. Um, other people are in growth mode. And then I have agents, you know, selling like, um, the one agent's probably 66, 67 deals, and it's his second year. Um, the other agent I have is three, three years in, and he'll be over 80 deals. Like I, oh. the people that want to, um, they're just excited about the growth and giving it all they got. Uh, I've been able to coach people um, anywhere in that 60 to 80. Our goal is to get someone to 100 deals because it's just fun. And, um, you know, if I can do it, they all want to you know, kind of supersede what my goals or my achievements are. And I'd love to coach them to be able to do that. So. So what's that look like over the years? Has that been, um, have you been up and down in terms of numbers? Have you always looked for that 10, 15 range in terms of amount of agents or how has that evolved over, over the years? Definitely up and down. I mean, you get different people, you know, you bring people on the team and we're big on, on promoting agents. So it's not just my face on everything and, you know, the Lorraine Jordan team, it's team Jordan. So I would say my team comes first. And uh, what we've done with that is we've promoted the agent. So sometimes there's a crisscross where they're looking at it going, wow, you know, I did this many deals on my own. And then the team gave me this many deals. And I'm like, but that's the way it should be. It's a partnership. You know, you're supposed to bring deals in. I'm supposed to, you know, give you leads and together, you know, it's a, you know, one for one kind of situation um i actually i actually believe it should be 33 33 33 so 33% of your business comes from you 33% comes from leads that we're giving you and 33% is a joint effort with your sphere that makes so, sense is that yeah. is that something you you kind of set an expectation with up front or is that i'm sure you've had you know variations of that over over, over time but it evolves all the time i think that's the yeah. hardest part right um, so I've had people, you know, leave the team because there's that whole mindset of, you know, we can go on our own, we can do work half as hard and do the same amount of business. And I, I don't think they always understand all the different parts that go behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you how, how has that evolved from your step over over the years, like in terms of, uh, I guess, the value proposition? How do you explain the value proposition to agents as they're, as they're coming in and I'm sure like hiring your first agent versus now with, with a bunch of them, you know, maybe that's changed, but how do you go about explaining that to someone? Cause a lot of people, I think building a team at the start suffer with, you know, they don't feel they have enough value to, to uh, bring someone on at a, you know, a 50, 50 split or whatever the split's going to be. They're like, how do I, I don't have all the leads that I'm going to just give them a ton of leads. How do I build this team? Or, you know, they just struggle with that value proposition, right? I think that's one of the hardest things um, is we started off that, you know, I didn't start hiring until I had so much business that I couldn't handle it. Right. And think about that. I was doing a hundred deals. Right. So it's, if you're, if you're doing a hundred deals and you're mostly listing focused, I mean, you're bringing in buyer leads and that's where you start with giving out the buyer leads to your agents. 
And if you're training your agents well, they're great, they're, you know, they're in line with your values and, and your beliefs, then eventually, you know, they're dealing with those buyer agents, um, those buyer leads until they become sellers, like they're building rapport. So if you have a great buyer agent within three years, they should be getting repeat and referral business on pretty steady from the business that you initially started them off with. Like I had somebody that was on my team for 11 years, 12 years. And I mean, you know, at one point that person was taking 12 weeks off a year and still doing 65 transactions. We had figured out the balance of what worked. Right. And a lot of the business that, you know, they're getting is, is repeat and referral from deals that they did, you know, starting off with that buyer lead way back in the beginning. So um, it, it's doing that, but I believe it's growth. You know, when we, when I sit down and I'm thinking, wow, I'm coaching people to, you know, do 80 transactions, you really need to understand what their why is and give them larger opportunities of growth within the team. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the stickiness for long term, right? And keeping them around is, is what's maybe another opportunity or another there's, I find there's a lot, there are people that love doing deals and just that's, that's their thing. And they'll keep doing deals over and over again. There's a lot of people too, who kind of maybe get a little tired of that, that process after a couple of years or, or 10 years, whatever it is. Right. And they want to maybe do something different. Maybe, maybe that means they're, they're just due to kind of move on. Or maybe that means there's another opportunity that we, you know, they can create or we can create all collectively. Right. Well, and I think people get selfish, you know, you have somebody that's a great buyer's agent for you and you don't want to teach them, you know, I've, I've seen people doing it. I did it with one of mine that I didn't really want to, you know, I was doing the listings. I was doing the listings, whereas I should have grown them or should have given them that opportunity um, to grow into that listing lead so that they could continue. You know, it's like, this is working. So why, why break it if it's not, you know, why fix it if it's not broken? But it will eventually break if you're not paying attention. Nobody wants to do the same thing in an agent role every single year. They want to, they want to learn, they want to grow, they want to change, they want to adapt. I mean, that's probably why I've stayed in real estate so long. I love it. I mean, it's an evolution. You know, sometimes it's like, huh, I learned something new today. I didn't know that was going to happen. So you're always evolving. It's the excitement of it. And, you know, as a leader, you need to be growing and evolving as well. Cause if you're not growing and evolving and creating, taking on new opportunities, you're not creating new opportunities. I know you spent a lot of time on, on that, on that particular side of it too. And is that something you've always done? Like, has it always been a focus or is that something you've kind of added on over the, over time, just cause you knew you needed to, uh, in order to build the business that you wanted to, to build? Uh, as soon as I started, um, you know, I, I used to read, a, I remember, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read a book a week. So the first book I started with was speed reading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the way my mind processes. Mm -hmm. Let's figure this out and do it faster and better. Uh, so yeah, it's just been a, my growth trajectory. I mean, I've taken every Tony Robbins course. I've taken every uh, John Maxwell course and Philip McKernan and Archie. I, like, I'm never, ever resting on what I've learned and, you know, how I want to grow and how I want to improve and be better. Um, you know, we always, our team says, um, our saying is, you know, at Team Jordan, we do real estate better. And that wasn't like a statement like, hey, we do it better than anyone else. It's we strive to do it better every single day. Is there anything, there's nothing, what, what can replace that? Is there anything to replace that element of it? Like, that's almost a, a must for people that are building a team or building, you know, any business really is self-development and, and, and continuous improvement on that side of it. Right. Well, it's funny cause I revisited this weekend showed up, you know, different parts will show up and you're like, oh, I remember that. Um, you know, your team will grow to the effect of what you, how you grow. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it'll, 
you know, all hit a plateau and it's like, holy cow, I'm, I'm just hitting the ceiling again. You know, I did 179 transactions with two agents for seven years. And it was like, you know, you're hitting your head on that. What's what's needs to change. So it had to be broken down and rebuilt again to get to the next level. And now we're at the 400. And this year we've been tearing it apart and putting it back together to get to the next level. Mm. And, you know, the next level isn't let's go from 400 to 500. It's always double. Like, how do we how do we get to a thousand transactions? Mm-hmm. What, what does that look like? Yeah, I- I- incremental growth is a little bit boring, I guess, right? So going for going for the next doubling, it is always a little more fun. And if you don't get there in that that first year or first six months, at least you're on the path doing the right things to get there and not to get halfway there, right? Well, and, it, and it's it's having that vision and understanding that you know um, that goes back to the hiring part. You know, when I talked about hiring somebody who was unemployed or whatever, I was hiring for what I needed that day. I wasn't hiring for the vision. So right now, if you're hiring, you're hiring for the thousand people, not hiring to plug the holes of the 400. Great point there. How do you how do you figure that out? How do you figure out if someone is is so I, I think, yeah, it's a great, great statement because a lot of people have that issue, right? They're hiring for whatever the pain is of today or whatever the need is of today. I think that's almost because that's got to be like 99 percent of uh, realtors for sure, let alone business people in general. Right. How do you get into that mindset of thinking the longer term and, and like, how do you even look for that, that person and identify them as, is that potentially that fit? Well, it's funny because when you're, um, I'm a definitely, like I said, people person, so people first. So, right. So it's defining what it is you need, what it is you want, being very specific to it and then finding the best candidate for it and going through the full process. You know, I've had people exit my team or people that, you know, things didn't work out and I'm floored that I have never, ever, like not even once in all the years that I've been team building, I have never been contacted for a reference on a teammate. (laughs) And I think, wow, um, yeah, (laughs) good luck with that. You know, uh, because I've had people not work out, you know, you hire somebody and everything looks great and they show up and within, you know, the first the first month you're kind of going, oh, oh, this doesn't look like it's going to pan out. And my mistake of what I do is, you know, I would move them. I'm like, okay, you're not succeeding here. Let's move you over here. You know, maybe this is a better fit. Oh, that's not a better fit. Let's move you over here. And I've done that a lot. And now I'm like, no, I mean, there's a lot of great people out there and I have a big vision and big goals. And I want to surround myself with people that want to collaborate and achieve them. Hmm. Good points. Good points. So quickly going back to the, the beginning again, if you were to restart this whole thing again, would you like, would you start the team building process right away from day one? Would you try and get to that hundred deal, you know, benchmark or, or 50 or, or some, some specific number before you started hiring people or started hiring agents specifically? Cause I think I'll you know, back to that value proposition question. I think it's what, what comes first, the, all the leads that you need to give out or the talent coming in the door that maybe you can collaborate and get, get those leads together. Like where, is there, is there an answer to that or is it kind of just um, whatever works best, I guess, for that specific person? So it's interesting because actually Donna beach, I don't know if you know, Donna beach, Donna, yeah, Donna yeah. Beach. you must, most people yep. should, <laughs> she's awesome. So Donna Beach and I started a year ago and um, we're writing, we're basically writing a book, everything I wish somebody would have told me when I got into real estate. And it pretty much encompasses everything, right? Um, so when I look at that, that question, I think what comes first, 
I mean, there's a very, very predictable sequence on what comes first. Um, I have a hard time with people that get into the industry and, you know, the first thing they want to build is build a team. Or I hear people like, you know, oh, I'm going to beat you. I'm, you know, I'm going to get these many people and these, they're going to do these many transactions and this is going to happen. And then, you know, they start feeling the pain of people leaving because, you know, um, things aren't working out. There's no leads. There's no business. They haven't trained them. I mean, I brought a lot of people on my team because we had a lot of business coming in, but I never taught them the benefits of lead gen because I didn't need to. You know, if I was doing 100 deals, it was all kinds of business there. So what comes first? I really do believe that the foundation um, to real estate is lead generating. It, it, it's crucial. It's it's the it's the core of all of it. Yet that's probably the thing that, you know, we talked about 99%. That's one of the 99% that people don't do in the industry. Definitely, definitely is a tough one to get people to, to commit to consistently, at least, right? They might do it for a moment or a week or a month, but consistent action on that is definitely tough. It's tough to get team members to do it too. Do you, do you find that's a struggle? Like do your, do your, your agents consistently lead gen? Is that something that's a, a built-in like team habit or, or is it come and go? How does that, what does that look like? It's explaining, it's constantly explaining the the value behind it and having them, you know, um, understand and realize the benefits of it. You know, uh, if, and, and I would say, you know, that's one of the things we, we've, we fed a lot of people right from the beginning. Here's the leads, here's the leads. And they're missing the core. The lead gen really is the core. It's, you know, I'll hear people say, oh, just give me the lead. And, you know, I'm a great real estate agent. I can close it. You're missing the point that the, the lead gen per, part is what real estate is. It's not about showing homes and doing offers. I mean, you know, that's part of it, but it all begins. The foundation is on the lead gen. Who are you talking to about real estate? And I think with some people, you know, and that's what happened with me naturally. So I didn't really understand the, the strong part of lead gen is I was out in the community. I was talking to, you know, 20 people a day about or 10 people a day about real estate. You know, I used to have a jacket on with my name on the front and Team Jordan on the back. We had click your mouse, find your house, you know, teamjordan.ca. And I was at the arena. I was at swimming lessons. I was at the school. I was, you know, volunteering somewhere. So I was already talking to 10 people a day about real estate. I didn't have to pick up a phone and call people. I was face to face with them and I would talk about real estate. Hmm. Yeah, that's the natural. I mean, that's 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 it when you first start out, right? That's really all there is to do. There's not much you can do. Websites, you can do all this other all a uh, crap, really, which all it really is at the beginning. Um, that stuff you just mentioned is really the core of 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 running the business and getting any sort of business going in, into the door, and then you can start doing other stuff as you, as you progress, right? So, do, do your agents on your team? Is there any? Is there a big structure around the lead gen side? Do they all do a little bit of different variations of it, or what does it look there, like with your agents? There's different variations. I mean, we've done things where you know, first of all, I won't get my agents to do anything that I wouldn't do. You know, I remember I hadn't been door knocking in years and years and years, and I was explaining the benefits of it. And one of my agents came back and said, "Oh, I got chased by a dog, and someone slammed the door in my face, and I got yelled at." And I said, "Then you didn't go out." They said, "Pardon?" I said, "You didn't go out." I said, door knocking is actually really pleasant. <laughs> I said, I've never had an issue door knocking. And they're like, well, and I'm like, you didn't go out. And then they put their head down and they admitted they didn't go out. I said, okay, well, let's go out together tomorrow. And they're like, okay. So we went out and, uh, and then I got kind of nervous because I'm thinking, you know, this is a small town. I mean, I haven't been door knocking in probably 
you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years at that point. And I'm walking up to the door and I started seeing myself in my head going, oh, I hope they're not home. I hope they're not home. And I got nervous about it. And I knocked on the door and they were home. I was just about to put the flyer in, right? And they not opened the door and I said, hey, I'm Lorraine from Team Jordan Real Estate. I'm, you know, just out in the neighborhood, you know. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Aren't you like the Lorraine Jordan from the team? And I'm like, well, my name's Lorraine and it's my team, but I don't know if I'm the Lorraine Jordan. He goes, oh, wow, you must be desperate to be out here doing <laughs> this. And I remember thinking like, are you kidding me? But because of the practice and the training and the books and the podcast and all that other stuff, what came out of my mouth was, I'm not desperate, but my buyers are. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to find them a great home. You know, are you thinking of buying or are you thinking of selling? And he says, no. And I said, who do you know in the neighborhood? And he said, nobody. And like, not even, I don't know, it was maybe a week and a half, two weeks later, I got a phone call from the neighbor and they wanted to sell. And he told them that I was personally out door knocking. So I must have a really serious buyer. It's not one of them gimmicks. And they called and listed and I sold them, sold the house and it was great. So same with cold calling. I mean, scripting, I fought scripts when I first got into real estate. I thought they were hokey and all sounded the same. But in the end, when you go to a listing appointment, like you do two, three listing appointments a day, you tend to start saying the same thing anyway, even if you don't think scripts are good. So if you're going to say the same thing anyway, then that's really what a script is. So why not learn the right things to say when you're going out to the listing appointments? So I remember a couple of years ago, my coach, Marianne, had me cold call and she, I had to call my sphere, but I had to use an exact script that she gave me. And it was this one about being in a contest. And I'm like, I am not using this script. And she said, you are, you're going to use exactly the script and this is what you're going to teach your agents to do. So I said, okay, we made a deal. How long? I had to book three appointments. So she wanted me to cold call for two hours. I'm like, no, an hour. And she goes, I don't care how long it takes. You need to book three appointments from it. That's what you need. So I said, okay. So I called like people that I knew and I'm like, hi, is this Tara? And Tara's like, hi, Tara. Uh, Hi, Lorraine. Yeah, this is Tara. And I said, how are you today? And she goes, I'm great. And we talked like that, right? So I was kind of reading it off, right? I said, I'm in a contest and I was wondering if you could help me. And she said, oh, for sure. I said, who do you know that's thinking of buying, selling or investing in real estate? And she said, you should meet my friend Mandy. And the joke was, um, I had already, she had already told me about Mandy a couple months earlier. And Mandy was this lady that was going to buy all the homes in, in Midland and was going to be this mega investor. And I thought, I kind of rolled my eyes and good thing Mandy knows this story in case she sees this. And I went, okay, I'll meet Mandy. I need three appointments. So I said, oh, that would be great. Could we meet Thursday at lunch or would Friday morning for coffee be better? She goes, well, I think Thursday at lunch. So anyway, moral of the story was I met with Mandy on Thursday and Mandy bought 21 investment properties from me that year. <laughs> and however many more are ongoing now, right? Like, yeah. she's bought, I know Mandy too. She's bought a lot of, a lot of investment properties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I've sold thousands of investment properties over the years and, you know, I was able to, together, we were able to make some pretty cool things happen. And she's still an ongoing client that I sell properties to. So, you know, it's like, here, guys, this works, this stuff works. And I'll, I don't know, I believe in leading by example. So I'll, I'll show them how, how it works. But it's hard to, I think people need to self realize the benefits of doing things. Depends where they're at. Yeah, so you can only tell them so much and kind of, you know, try and force it down the throat a little bit (laughs) to the point where, you know, they just kind of tune out. But doing it and seeing a result is huge, right? For sure. And 
it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen necessarily on the first call or the first few calls like you mentioned there sometimes it takes uh a month a few days a week whatever to get some results coming in the door but the consistency needs to be there to get anything coming in regularly right for sure and you know <laughs> i had a guy that i told him every time i went door knocking i got an appointment and it's funny but because he had that mindset every time he goes out door knocking he gets an appointment right because he believes it if you if you're doing something and you don't feel comfortable doing it and you don't believe you think it's crazy or it's dumb or it's not going to work if you have that belief that's what you're going to that's what you're going to get mm -hmm. but if you're building a team i definitely believe that it should be structured around the lead gen um i think it's critical so even if you had you know thousands of leads to give out day to day week to week uh, and and you didn't have like you didn't even have enough agents to support that you would still suggest uh, lead generating in some way consistently is is a big part of it and they they should do that all around yeah now if you have thousands of leads uh, you know what's the quality of leads what's the conversion who's converting them i believe tracking is something that really is missing in most teams you know, we talk about systems and tools and stuff, but tracking is huge. You need to know what the conversion, you know, if you're spending a pile of money on those leads and, you know, you're getting 1% of them are converting, then what's wrong? Well, what do you do to track that right now with, with your group? Is, is there a system or a, or a, a tool that you use? As far as tracking? Mm -hmm. No, we're rebuilding that. I okay. use CTE and it, I didn't love CTE. So we've tried a couple different programs and I want it to be bigger. So, so again, it's like we're here and I'm, I mean, you know, we're doing 400 transactions and honestly, I just feel blessed and I, I'm filled with gratitude that I have, you know, all these people that believe in us and trust us and, you know, work with us. And I'm, when I say I want to go to the next level, it's not because I don't appreciate where I am. It's just who I am. I, I like growth. I like to learn and grow and do things differently so right now we're looking at you know changing up some of our systems and researching the best ones because like i said if we're going to go from 400 i don't want to go to five i want to go to a thousand so what does that look like and you know it's understanding where that is and what we need to do to get it and it doesn't mean you know hiring everybody today um you know to get there if i can't afford it i mean that's another thing that i think you know back when we talked about when do i hire my first assistant um, you know, it's definitely something that you need to analyze everything and figure it out. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've met people that have put 10 people, 10 agents on their team and they had no leads coming in whatsoever, like zero. And I'm thinking that's not going to last. Right. No. Yeah. It's, there, there should be a little bit of leads coming in regardless. Uh, I, I agree with having the consistently generating of some sort, uh, in, in, built into their schedules, but definitely, you know, if they're going to work at that all day long, you know, to hand over a nice little kind of easy one here and there is is always, always, I mean, kind of a perk of, of all the efforts that they're putting in day to day, right? Well, and I believe that the, um, the lead gen helps them to appreciate the value of a lead mm -hmm. as well. Like I find when you're just constantly handing them out and, you know, it's, it's Saturday and you have five people that, you know, that want to go see properties and everybody's booked and, you know, you're trying to fit it in. Um, I find that that's one of the challenges is they're, you know, they're busy with stuff that maybe they wouldn't have dealt with if they would have known, you know, like coming in and doing a buyer presentation, you know, I'm always telling them and always, you know, working hard to have people appreciate the value of, meeting with people, not just meeting them at the house. 
right? Like you don't have a clue what they're looking for. You haven't taken them to the process and you haven't added value. You know, as, as real estate professionals, I really believe that, you know, we have, um, we need to provide more value. I mean, there's some amazing real estate agents out there and there's some that are not so amazing. And, you know, if you're just meeting people and showing them a house and doing up the offer, you're not being a full service real estate agent. You're not part of the top 20%, in my opinion. Yeah, I get a consultative approach to it and bring them in for some, you know, needs analysis, all the kind of basics, really, it should be basics in terms of just understanding what they're after. How do you ever, how do you, you know, sell? How do you, how do you provide them the best, you know, solutions to their, their problems if you don't know what they're looking for yet? You don't know what exactly. they want. Um, and at somewhat of a decent level, right? Like not just uh, hey, I want three beds and two beds. Okay, well, why? What what does that do for them, right? Exactly. Um, what 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 would be like one, maybe two of the biggest lessons, failures, failures or lessons you've learned over the years uh, in in leading people, leading your team? That it's ongoing. I mean, you're always learning and growing and developing and you need to you need to be doing that. I mean, I'm I'm very humble. You know, when something's going wrong, uh, you know, I might get frustrated that somebody's not doing something. But ultimately, the buck stops at me. You know, what have, what haven't I done? What do I have to learn? What do I need to change or improve? Uh, what opportunities sitting here for us to grow um, from this these lessons? That's a huge one. And And I'll go back to the one. I mean, that's probably the biggest one is hiring people, not hiring the best person or with the best skills for the role. Mm. And is that, is that the main thing you look for now in terms of like, you know, filling a, filling a, a role or filling a, a need of the team? Abundance. Abundance. So yeah. Right now, I believe um, in the situation we're in, it's, it, there's a, there's an opportunity or a gift uh, in, you can really spot people that are, you know, living in a more scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. You know, you can tell by their actions and how they're behaving and what's happening in their world and how they're reacting to it. You know, somebody that's thinking abundantly, you know, I had somebody on my team um, hire, um, you know, we talked about it and I said leverage. And he said, oh, I don't know. I don't think my wife would like somebody, you know, making dinner and, you know, doing the laundry. And I said, hey, you haven't talked to your wife lately. Um, nobody <laughs> loves doing that, right? I mean. Yeah. Uh, one of the best things I heard actually Gary Keller said it was um, at family reunion this year was the comment about, you know, your kids won't remember who made the dinner, but they'll remember that you were there to eat it with them. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, if you can leverage those things out, then leverage it out. So what he did was he hired somebody um, more skilled than just, you know, kind of making meals and stuff because he figured that the kids would be home a lot, you know, coming getting sent home from school because they had a cough or, you know, there was somebody in the classroom that had COVID or something like that. Um, there, I just said the word that I've been avoiding. Um, <laughs> um, but he he prepped for it, right? He was thinking in abundance, like, you know, I want to, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to get slowed down by these kind of distractions, um, so he just hired a better skilled person to assist him and give him the leverage he needed for that. And his wife was happy not to do laundry. And <laughs> do you have a way to spot that? I mean, I, I, I can see how that's, you know, comes out over time with someone that you brought on the team and you can, you can sense it over a month, week, two months, whatever. But how do you actually spot that early on in, in a hiring process? Is there, is it possible? As far as that, what they're going to need or who they're like the abundance mindset versus someone who's oh. going to. It's language. You can hear it. 
you know, um, it, asking somebody if, you know, what their proudest moments are. And, you know, if they have an abundant mindset, they're, they're going to have a hard time. They're going to give you two or three, right? Where scarcity is, you know, oh, I don't know. Um, I guess there was this one time, right? And it's just a different conversation. Um, you know, how they speak of their, you know, um, previous employer. Sometimes if they kind of get on a rant about what wasn't working and they just go on and on and on and on about it, um, you just know that that's somebody who's got shame because they didn't achieve their goals and they're blaming somebody else about it. So it really is about people like you can hear it. There's so many red flags once you're listening for it. And is that is that something uh, now that you're pretty aware of that you be pretty much you know, you're looking for that as number one. And if it's, if you, if you're sensing that, um, that uh, scarcity mindset, they are pretty much just a no go with them or, or do you give them a bit of a, a grace period on it or how, how do you? No, it's a no go. It's a period yeah. no go now. I mean, I've given a lot of people a lot of grace over the years and a lot of opportunities and um, move them around. And, you know, um, I've done, I've done so much of that. I would actually say, you know, um, to, to a detriment in some, some situations because nobody, everybody, everybody wants to achieve and everybody wants to do well. So, you know, if you, if people aren't succeeding in a role or they're not doing well in a role, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not doing yourself or them any favors. You know, people want to, people want to win. They definitely do. Especially, uh, especially a lot of competitive people in real estate. They, they, they love to win. Definitely. Nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's to come uh, in the future for you the next year or so? What are, you, what are you working on? Anything specific? Obviously, you're on a path to a thousand plus deals. What's, that, <laughs> what's anything specific in there that's going to help you get there that you're working on? Um, definitely looking for um, more leverage. So hiring some, bringing in some more uh, talent to help us grow. Uh, I want to, I just really won't come to a situation where, you know, watching the multiple offers and how things were handled and, you know, seeing how, um, people do things. I, I struggle with that. I mean, I'm a single mom with four kids and I look at, you know, there was a post the other day on Facebook and it was on a mom's group and, you know, um, somebody posted about taking their kids to work and, you know, how do people feel about taking their kids to work? And all these people responded on there like, oh, I take my kids to work all the time. Oh, I introduced them as my junior assistant. And I look at it and I, I really had a hard time with it because, I mean, I understand, you know, things are changing. There's different, you know, um, you know, you need leverage, whatever. But and, and I mean, I brought my kids to work twice ever that I had to bring them actually to work. And I look at the situation and I think, you know, we have an opportunity to make really great money in real estate. We're very fortunate that way. And if you look at other people that make the kind of income that we're able to make, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I was in a, you know, going in for surgery and the uh, physician introduced his child as his uh, assistant, I'd be a little concerned <laughs> about that. And, and again, that brings me back to the professionalism, the professionalism of the industry. You know, um, investment property like you, I, I don't understand why more people, more real estate agents don't own investment property. I find it really sad to, that people don't get involved. And I mean, it's, we see the values of it every day. Like every single day we see the benefits and, and how prices have increased. And I don't understand why people aren't making their retirement plan or, you know, um, the first time home buyers. I'm always telling them buy a duplex, 
you know, move in, rent it, you know, renovate it, rent it out for more money, move into the other unit and do it again. Like that's, you know, if I had to do it all over again, um, and that's kind of the theme of what I want to do. So I definitely just, I really want to, sh I want to grow. I want to, um, I want to, I say educate people, but I want to share, I want to share the experiences that I've had. And, you know, like I said, if I had to do it all over again, what would I do? And I want to, um, empower people to just live great lives. You know, when it comes to real estate people, you know, sometimes people want what you have, but they're not willing to do what it takes to get it. You know, I work hard. I put in a lot of hours and I'm always doing something um, real estate related because I love it. I, I'm on all the time. I, I, I can't go anywhere without thinking, oh, my God, I wonder what this would sell for. And if we did this or we develop that or, you know, the investment here. And I think that I tell people that real estate is an opportunity to work an 80 hour work week if you wanted to and make incredible money at it. But there's a leverage part that can happen that will give you the balance in your life that you're looking for. And that's through team building and team structure. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, that's exciting. And I think um, I'm one of the best things is that abundant mindset piece. I think that's huge for, for getting the right people that are actually going to um, not just want to take from a team, but uh, pour into the team and make it a more of a partnership scenario. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things that comes across in that abundant mindset too, is you sense that from, from the person that you're, they're in partnership with essentially through the team. Um, so I think that's a huge, huge piece that most people probably aren't really thinking of too much is, is you know, how abundant is this person in their life? What's their track track record like um, in that? And, you know, what does that look like? Because you can tell a lot from their track record too, right? In, in terms of where they've been. And and that was pretty funny that nobody's ever reached out to you about, uh, about a reference. That's Never. Amazing. Never. I'm not, not completely surprised actually, but it's just, it's just crazy to think of that. Yeah crazy absolutely so if someone's out there watching and they're liking what you're hearing they want to learn more or they're maybe they're that perfect abundant thinking uh realtor <laughs> soon to be realtor or, or you know they want to get in more into your world how can they do that um my personal email is lj at teamjordan.ca and my cell phone 705-528-4207 text me set up a call see where you're at I, I thrive on brand new agents. I'm, I, I just really have a great opportunity to help train them. I mean, if somebody's looking that they want to move to cottage country and live on Georgian Bay for the same price as their city home, um, that's definitely something we can help them with. And yeah, um, looking for people, you know, systems, operations, that sort of thing. So Awesome. So one more quick one before we exit here. We've got one more from the audience. Going into 2021, what's one system that you are going to improve? One system. What's the most important system? I know you're kind of revamping things, so there's probably lots of things. Um, is there one system that stands out as something that needs improvement? Definitely uh, tech and efficiency. So streamlining, like the, the the core of it, streamlining the system so that um, you know more and more people. I mean, our office was definitely because it's a smaller community. Our office was always filled with real estate agents. And this year, a lot of people started working from home. You know, they're, they've become more efficient on their laptops. So just really streamlining the process so that it's, um, it's more efficient. It's, it's, you know, more paperless happening. Um, I laugh. I say paperless, but I still like paper because I like it. Um, <laughs> so if anybody from my team heard that, they'd roll their eyes at me for that. But definitely streamlining it. So the technology piece of it. 
Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably on point with uh, with a lot of things in the world. Obviously, we all need to get as efficient as we can using tech and um, not necessarily replacing every person out there, but there's a lot of efficiencies that could be uh, solidified with, with systems and tech, right, and in implementing what's available. Um, so we're kind of working on the same thing. Uh, that's a big one for us too, is making sure those are being utilized and efficiencies are, are, are made there that, uh, that are available. So awesome stuff, Lorraine. Really, really appreciate your time coming on here. This has been really, I think, valuable for a lot of our listeners. Uh, and I think it's a great episode for people to, to watch or listen to and uh, get some value out of to build their teams. Really appreciate your time and sharing and being open with this. And uh, it was awesome. Really appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Thanks, Lorraine. Take care.